Astoria to the Rockaways. It's time for the Queen's New Yorker. And here is the man giving you all the info, your uber snazzy and jazzy host, Mr. Jason Gacanio! Thank you very much. Thank you, Jason Kelly. Oh, what a crow. Oh, yes. Nice. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. What a great group, indeed. Ah, thank you. Uh, welcome once again to the Queens New Yorker. I'm your host Jason DeCanio on this special edition, this Thursday night edition, December 7, 2023. We're bringing to you a special edition because we're not on our Monday, Wednesday, Friday uh, uh, regular scheduled program here. Some things are kind of going down a little bit, but we got to get this final episode of the radio stations in. This is the final station of basically the five boroughs a station you would hear in new york city and then i have some great information for you to take into the next episodes of the queen's new yorker here in season nine one of the things i want to share with you before we even get even farther than that is i have officially to this day have uh dropped uh some weight and i started out back on weight watchers again and I'm proud to say that after two weeks, just two weeks, I've already dropped a total of seven and a half pounds. Give it up. Yes. You know, I tell you. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that great? Ah, yes. Thank you very much for your continued support. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I went down from uh, 331 to 324 and a half just in one week so far. And now I'm on week two and getting close to the end of this second week. And even though I've been eating a little bit, you know, on the cheating side, and like I said, with Weight Watchers, the thing about it is, is you can have anything you want. You just have to count for it. Either you're doing the new stuff that's out with uh, the apps and everything, or you're still doing old school like I do, where, you, you know, you got your daily points and your flex points and you, you, you point your stuff that way. The key is, is that you still count and write everything down and you still try to moderate everything to a point, and I'm doing that. And I'm just making some choices. I, you know, I have some eat-outs a lot, but within those confines, I account for it. So that's what I'm doing with this. And I got 150 pounds. I have to lose. I have to do this. So with your support, I hope that I can get there this time. So I'm seven and a half pounds down, 143 and a half to go. <laughs> but anyways, let's go ahead and look at the final radio station that was on the radio dial for the uh, area. And uh, this one is um, a... 
a radio station that's licensed to New York City. It's simplified in Chinese. You know, the station's owned by multi Multicultural Broadcasting and airs Cantonese programming. It is one of two Cantonese radio stations serving the New York metropolitan area. The other is Chunghua Chinese Broadcasting Company. That sounds more like a restaurant. W, And this, uh, this one's uh, signal... Its transmitting facility is located at Richfield Park, New Jersey. The station is AM 1480 WZRC. Okay, ZRC, we're looking at it. It's a Chinese radio station, so let's go ahead and look at it. Was first licensed on June 29, 1925, as a portable broadcasting station, with the sequentially issued call letters of WIBS to the New Jersey National Guard, the 57th Infantry Brigade in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Portable radio stations were installed on movable platforms such as trucks, so they can be transported to various locations. In early 1926, ownership of the station was changed to Lieutenant Thomas F. Hunter, and in mid-1927, the station was reported to be no longer portable. In November of 1927, the station's owner became the New Jersey Broadcasting Corporation, located at 80 Broad Street in Elizabeth. And then on May 25, 1928, the recently formed Federal Radio Commission, the, F- the FRC, issued General Order 32, which notified 164 stations, including WIBS, that from an examination of your application for future license, it does not find that public interest, convenience, or necessity would be served by granting it. However, the station successfully convinced the commission that it should remain licensed. Then on November 11, 1928, the FRC implemented a sweeping reallocation of station transmitting frequencies as part of a reorganization resulting from its General Order 40. The New York City area had a large excess of stations, and WIBS was ordered to begin timesharing on 1,450 kilohertz with four other New Jersey stations, WNJ Newark, WBMS Union City, WAAT Jersey City, and WKBO in Jersey City. Now, WAAT is now WNYM that was able to quickly gain permission to move to 1070 kilohertz, kHertz, but this still left WIBS in the tenuous financial situation of reduced operating hours and revenues due to having to share its frequency with three other stations. Then on April 12th, 1930, the station's call letters were changed to WHOM, W-H-O-M, standing for owner Harry O'Melia, operated by the New Jersey Broadcasting Company, with studios in Jersey City. At the start of the 1933, W-H-O-M was still limited to one quarter of the airtime on its shared frequency. However, during the year, it was able to achieve full-time operation. In April, it expanded to use of three-quarters of the hours after the FRC refused to renew WNJ's license and WHOM's owners purchased and silenced WKBO. A few weeks later, WBMS was acquired and shut down, giving WHOM unlimited use of its frequency. The station's format was a combination of educational programming, ethnic programming, sports, and some music. And among the personalities who broadcast on WHOM was African-American sportcaster Jocko Maxwell. By the time he joined the station in 1934, it had studios in Newark and would later add a studio in New York. 
1940, the station was known for mainly its foreign language programming. March 29, 1941, WHOM moved from 1,450 kilohertz to 1,480, its location ever since as part of the implementation of the North American Regional Broadcasting Agreement. Then in 1944, WHOM was sold to the Iowa Broadcasting Company. But the new parent company, better known as Coles Broadcasting, or Cowles, did not own the station long. Arrangements were made to sell it to Generoso Pope, owner of the Italo Americano Publishing Company, in late 1946. Pope finalized the acquisition and then operated the station with a combination of news, ethnic music, and educational programs, as before. The Popes built a media empire, including the National Enquirer, uh, the second Progresso Italo Americano, the second Bolatino della Sera, the second. Correa de America, and the Philadelphia Daily La Opinion. Pope used his influence through his media empire to secure the vote of the election of President Franklin D. Roosevelt and Harry S. Truman. In the late 40s, WHOM introduced a new popular music program. It featured the city's only interracial DJ team, Willie Bryant and Ray Carroll. Their WHOM program lasted until 1954, at which time the general manager decided he wanted a change. Bryant believed it was due to a complaint from a sponsor. Then in 1950, the station studios moved to New York City. From 1960 to 82, in 1960, WHOM evolved to mostly Spanish programming. In 75, the station was sold to SJR Communications, along with WHOM-FM, now WINS-FM, and the call sign which changed to WJIT Radio JIT. The format went from diversified Spanish to Spanish contemporary music. In the late 70s, WJIT was the leading salsa and merengue station on the New York dial. In 1982, the format was changed to Spanish Adult Contemporary, and the station was sold along with WKTU 92.3 to Infinity Broadcasting. Then in 1989, Infinity decided that with a new Spanish station on 97.9, that it should move 1480 WJIT, by then known as Talk Station 1480 Radio America, to an English format. The Spanish format was dropped on April 30, 1990, and the station began airing a heavy metal-based satellite rock format called Z-Rock. The call sign was changed to WZRC, originally used in Chicago by the flagship station for the network, Z-Rock 106.7 FM from 1986 to 87. Then on May 27, 1993, WZRC switched to country through Transstar's mainstream country satellite-delivered service. This was short-lived. A few months later, WZRC switched to Korean brokered programming. Infinity continued to own the radio station until after its merger with CBS in 1997. At that point, it owned 92.3 WXRK, 101.1 WCBS-FM, 102.7 WNEW, 66 WFAN, 8080 WCBS, and 1010 Winds, and 1480 VC, VZRC. While it was not required to sell WZRV, or ZRC, I'm sorry, it opted to Anyhow and sold the station to Multicultural Media in 1998. 
Well, Multicultural initially kept the Korean format but switched to Chinese in 2002 and now in Cantonese to complement Multicultural's Sinocast network broadcast locally on 92.3 FM subcarrier. And there you have it, folks. The final radio station we have done all of the New York borough of radio stations we looked at AM 1480 WZRC. There you have it. Beautiful. <laughs> All right. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my. Well, we sure have come a long way, haven't we? <laughs> Well, I tell you, that is the end of that series of radio stations. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope I had a great time giving you a fantastic look at the history of the radio stations across the five boroughs. Now, of course, there are other radio stations across the New York State, but basically you can search those yourself if you're really interested in it. Um so that and oh my goodness <laughs> we have one more to go actually <laughs> yeah i don't know if we did wfan fm which is 101.9 but that's the one that's uh, 66 a.m as well let me check the uh, spotify lineup to see if we did that one already because i have it in my list here so let's see qsq QHT, okay, let's see, WNYC, WNEW, NYE, PLJ we did, uh, okay, we did that, all right. I'm 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 backtracking a little bit here, folks. So just give me one second. I know we're ready to go on uh, off the off the air pretty soon. <laughs> no, we haven't done at WFAN. Do you believe that? That's amazing. Not even at any part of our time here. We did seventy-seven WABC, ninety-nine point five WBBR eleven thirty, one hundred seven point five. Yeah, we, we've done almost all the radio stations except WFAN. Wow. So we really need to... Because uh, we all we started this whole thing with 1010 wins and then went to 101 CBS, WCBS FM, uh, WXAQ 104.3. Nope. So that's actually the next radio station we have to do is 101.9 which became CD 101.9 later on, but then changed itself to uh, WF or the fan, basically. So, yeah, we'll be looking at the history of this fantastic radio station on the 243rd episode of the Queen's New Yorker, which will be tomorrow, actually. So that way we'll end it. And then I would like to pretty much look at um, 
um, a special article that I think you might find interesting. It's an article that was basically written about a lady whose house was on Queens Boulevard. And when Queens Boulevard, before it was fully developed into what you pretty much see now, she was the only house that was still there while everything else was torn down and and being built up to you know receive the malls and the, the the expansion of the roads and everything her house was still there she did not give up that house until she died and then the house still stayed there for maybe another 15 to 20 more years after her passing as a landmark and finally was torn down sometime in i think the 70s or the 80s and of course but that's that house stood the test of time when uh yeah when the queen's boulevard was just trying to get into the urban part of its life we're going to look at that fantastic article i'll give it to you on monday's edition of the queen's new yorker which will be episode 244 but right now let me tell you also we've got close to 7200 listens we're at 7198 we also added seven. Uh, we're up to seventy-five subscribers right now on the YouTube channel of the Legacy of New York. The Legacy of Queens is doing fantastic with going on to its almost ninetieth episode, and uh, it's looking fantastic. We also have to uh, um, pass on a little sad information that we lost Norman Lear at the age of one hundred and one uh, just a couple of days ago. And so uh, we were doing a tribute to them to him on DMS 3000 News Live. Uh, Norman Lear, of course, is famous for All in the Family, The Jeffersons, Good Times, all those great 70s programs, and well into the 80s. But he's been a producer and content creator, and he was right up to the, to the very time he took his last breath. He was very active. He looked great for 101. God bless that man. We'll miss him very much, and it's just sad that we lost him. But, you know, when it's time to go, it's time to go. But to live to be 101 years old is a milestone. And we are just amazed that he had lasted so long on this great earth. But he gave us such fantastic entertainment overall. And that's all you can ask for from a guy who pretty much did it. So let's give it up once again for Norman Lear, everybody. Yeah. Norman Lear. We're going to miss him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So with that and, and all of that was going on here, we thank you very much for another great edition of the Queen's New Yorker. I'm Jason DeCanny. Remember always to be honest, to be real, and to keep it simple, stupid kiss. We will see you tomorrow for episode 243 with a special look at WFAN 101.9. Good night. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been watching The Queen's New Yorker. This is Jason Kelly on a Jason DeCanio internet presentation. Thank you for your support.
Thank you.